Hey there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat. And welcome to the crime chat. I am your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two girls who updated uh, their Facebook status to Netflix and ice cream. Why? Why? Because we're obsessed about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. <laughs> That's is, why. This is true. And if you've listened <laughs> to us, you are well aware of our Netflix addiction. <laughs> Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of, yeah, it's going to be violent scenarios today. Uh, Your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. So before we get into today's crime chat, Kat, I have some news to tell you, and I don't know how to break this to you. Okay, I'm ready. (sighs) Just breathe, okay? You ready? Henry Cavall. Yes. Do you know who he is? Uh, Oh, Yeah. What's he's, what, what is he playing in right now? The Witcher. Okay. He's leaving The Witcher. <gasps> he announced that he's not doing a fourth season and somebody else is, is Are they going to kill place. him off? Who the hell? Who takes his place? Other than Jason Momoa, <laughs> who can take his place? I, I don't know what they're going to do. He doesn't he's, die. <laughs> he's leaving. How do you? Yeah. Gasp the disbelief. <sighs> this, is, this is heartening. Okay, I'm going to take it yeah. off of my list from Netflix. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Henry, you're breaking our hearts. Oh, Seriously. Tears. So I got back from my work trip, and I forgot to tell you that on the plane, my 14-hour oh. direct flight, there were many movies to watch. And this one movie I watched was called Last Night in Soho. Have you heard of it? No. Never saw it. <gasps> it's, it, okay, so when I watched the trailer, I was like, I, you know, I was kind of trying to flip through and see what new movies came out. When I watched the trailer, I was like, this is, this looks pretty good. I mean, it has like a horror type of spin to it at the end. Mm-hmm. As I was watching it, I was upset. So it's this Who's young. Who's in it? And when did it come out? So it came out in 2021. Okay. It's got, the main character is, she's new. I didn't, I don't really know her. Her name is Thomasin McKenzie. She plays a character called Eloise. Mm-hmm. And Matt Smith is another one that's in the movie. He was in... Have you ever seen Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies? No. Okay, well, that's a recommendation anyways. Well, I love okay. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else he's... He's been in maybe a couple other things. Anyway, so this young girl lives in the country in England. She graduates high school and, wants, and gets accepted to a fashion design school. Mm-hmm. She's having a really hard time fitting in. She makes her own clothes. So, like, some of the people are kind of making fun of the clothes that she's wearing and everything. So, she's trying to kind of find her place to fit in. Her mother, I believe, committed suicide and she sees her mother sometimes. Oh. And she's got some sort of like mental condition, maybe. Her mother had a mental condition also. Okay. But she starts seeing this character called Sandy and from the 1960s. And that's. The character, Eloise, she's obsessed with, like, the 1960s. So the things that she's seeing, like, not really hallucinating, but maybe dreaming, Mm -hmm. she starts to draw all of these dresses and stuff that she's wearing, and she's she's doing, like, awesome, like, really, really good in this school. Well, those dreams kind of start to come to life a little bit, and Sandy, she thought, got murdered, so she was trying to avenge for Sandy's murder, and she was doing all this research and everything like that, and... It just has this weird, amazing twist at the end of it. You just got to watch it. It's called Last Night in Soho. Okay, I'm going to check it out. Well, I took your last recommendation. I started watching Bad Vegan. Yes, on Netflix. What the hell, man? Like, what (laughs) the hell? Like, this is a perfect example of somebody who academically is just 
brilliant. Yeah. Common sense. Not so as common sense ain't so common, girl. No, it's not. But you know, in as my husband and I were, we were watching it, and it's like you're seeing from the outside in, you're seeing all these signs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a very good manipulator, yes, narcissist, mm-hmm. would be able to convince his victim or her victim to do certain things that they normally wouldn't do, like give over one point seven million dollars worth of their business. God. Insane. Yeah, so I think we're right around the same spot. Like, maybe just started episode three, so there's a couple episodes left to watch, but... Yeah. This girl, like... I know. You just want to help her. (laughs) The thing is, is when you first watch it, you're like, God, I want to be her. Yes. And then... By episode two, you were like, hell no. I don't want to get caught up in that mess. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's it. That was crazy. Like, that, I can't wait to finish it. So, ugh, it's just a crazy storyline. Chatters, let us know what you're watching. We'd love to hear it. Yes. Now, while April Fool's Day is coming up, it actually, you know, there's a history of it being fun and kind of lighthearted and everything. But because this is a crime chat, yes, obviously there are crimes that have been committed on this day. Wait and a minute, right. but April Fool's is fun and... Sometimes jokes go a little too far. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Okay, okay. <laughs> so while this one necessarily that we're going to talk about today isn't, isn't a joke, it wasn't meant to be a joke, and it's actually pretty quite freaking serious, it just happened to occur on April Fool's Day. Are you ready to get into... Yes, I am ready. Yeah. This April Fool's crime chat crime story. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. Dubbed as the, quote, Prince of Motown, Marvin Gaye became a rhythm and blues icon whose life was cut short in the midst of his success. Marvin Gaye was shot and killed by his own father, Marvin Gaye Sr., on April 1st, 1984, which was a day before Marvin Gaye's 45th birthday. I didn't know it was on April Fool's. I, I mean, I know the story, but I didn't know... That was an able. Oh my god! You know, you knew it was his father mm-hmm. who shot him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much more to just the fact that his father shot him. Oh boy! Some reports that I looked at said that he was shot twice by his father. Some say three times. Regardless, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Most of us know Marvin Gaye, or at least some of his hit songs, right? Mm-hmm. He was a renowned singer, songwriter, and producer, known for songs such as "I Heard It Through the Grape." Yes, the raisins. And then, <laughs> yes, the raisins. And then, how sweet it is mm-hmm. to be loved by you. As well as the highly pheromone enhancing uh-huh. sexual healing. Yes. And then, let's get it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'll try my best not to sing the rest of the time chatters, <laughs> but it's very difficult. <laughs> Marvin Gaye was posthumously entered into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987, wherein they describe Marvin Gaye singing as nurturing the soul. So here's your first crime chat fun fact, okay? Other artists who were entered into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987 included Roy Orbison, Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson, B.B. King, and Hank Williams Sr., and that is actually quite the list, like quite the conglomerate of icons that yes. were also in, inducted in that same year. Uh-huh. Now, on the actual website itself, Marvin Gaye's first wife and eldest son were seen, like there's, a, they have video clips, were seen during his inauguration into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, they accepted it on his behalf. There are videos that you can watch on the website, and I, one of them was Stevie Wonder performing a cover of I Heard It Through the Grapevine, and girl, that gave me chills. Yeah. It just, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So are you ready to kind of dive into this tragic story? 
I am. I am. I'm probably not going to know a bunch of stuff you're going to talk about because I think there are some deaths out there that are so traumatic for the public that we don't know all the facts and we just know that he's dead and mm-hmm. that's it. Like, that's all yeah. we need to... Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. So as we'll go over in today's crime chat, Marvin and his father had quite the contentious relationship basically throughout his entire life. To distinguish between the two gentlemen because they had their, they had the same name, I'm going to call Dad Gay Senior, and I'm going to refer to Marvin Gay as just Marvin. If you could hear the E to distinguish between gay mm-hmm. and then gay with an E, it would help, but you can't because this is a podcast. Right. And we'll, <laughs> so I'm just going to have to go with it for now. So what's the difference between the two, though? Well, actually, I'm going to get into that. Okay. I'm going to explain why it's different. Okay. Marvin's parents, Gay Sr. and Alberta, married in 1935. Alberta already had a son named Michael prior to them getting married. Citing that he would not be able to raise another man's child, Gay Sr. <sighs> sent Michael to live with Alberta's sister. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Gay Sr. in Alberta also had several children. Marvin, of course, uh, a boy. There was another son named Frankie. They also had two daughters, Jean and Ziola. Gay Sr. then fathered another child from an extramarital affair, a son named Antoine. Mm, uh-huh. Can you see okay. the psychology so far? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Gay Sr. was a Pentecostal pastor and described as being strict, would make his children attend the Sabbath on extended hours like all day on Saturdays but kind of weirdly mm-hmm. he was against them attending church on Sundays I don't know if it was like it just seems kind of hypocritical to me I'm not sure I'm I'm not I don't know enough about being Pentecostal I don't I don't know if that's a thing um but mm-hmm. regardless he was very strict and he would test his kids on like biblical things oh boy if he they answered incorrectly he beat them <gasps> Jean, the, one, the oldest sister, said that Marvin received the worst of it. From the age of seven, well into his, like, teenage years, he would endure what she called, quote-unquote, brutal whippings. Marvin said that, quote, living with father was like living with a king, an all-cruel, changeable, cruel, and all-powerful king, end quote. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Some mm. reports indicate that Gay Sr. was envious over Martin's success, and obviously had some sort of like unresolved issues between the father and son. It's also possible that Gay Sr. was a cross-dresser, an alcoholic, who embodied the quote, do as I say, not as I do, end quote, of raising a family. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yes. What? Okay, I never knew that. Wow, so he had some serious crisis going on. And And that that probably stemmed from his father. Yes, Right, because it gets passed from generation to generation. Yes, it does. So who was the legend, as we know today, as Marvin Mm -hmm. Gaye? Mm -hmm. Born in Washington, D.C. on April 2nd, 1939, Marvin Gaye was born Marvin Pence Gaye Jr. His last name, as most people know, it was was spelled Mm G-A-Y-E. However, his original surname had no E at the end. It was just G-A-Y. As he started his career, he would later change it to separate himself from his father, to end the gossip concerning any sexuality that people were talking about. And then also because an inspiration of his, Sam Cooke, also added an E to his surname. Uh So Marvin started singing in church just at the age of four and developed a love for singing throughout his entire childhood. There's some early memoirs of Marvin captured in a book that was written by his brother Frankie. And Marvin and his brother were actually very, very close. And you'll kind of see that throughout. 
Marvin, as he was growing up, found peace in playing music as well as singing, and he mastered both the piano and the drums. While he was in high school, he also developed a love for like the doo-wop and like rhythm and blues type of style of music, which would actually set the stage for his future stardom. Marvin was part of the group called the New Moon Glows in the late 1950s, and then eventually that would lead Marvin to signing on with Motown Records. So that was kind of like his entry group. Mm -hmm. He was introduced by somebody in the group who worked for Motown Records, and then once he met that individual, that person's sister actually became his first wife. Oh, And I'll talk to her about her a little bit too. So in the early years, he was mostly behind the scenes when he was with Motown Records. For instance, he was a session drummer for Stevie Wonder, The Supremes, The Marvelettes, and then Martha and the Vandellas. And it wasn't until 1962 that Marvin went out on his own and struck his first top 40 hit called Hitchhike. The 1960s would also birth some of Marvin's biggest achievements to include romantic duets with Diana Ross and Mary Wells. Mm -hmm. And then also Motown's bestseller, Can I Get a Witness? And I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Mm -hmm. So Nat, have you heard of the song, Ain't No Mountain High Yes, I mean, right? basically my life anthem, okay? <laughs> Who doesn't know that song? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Marvin originally sang this song with a lady named Tammy Terrell. It wowed the country for three years on the top of the charts. And, and we, I mean, it's still, it's so popular today. I mean, it's uh-huh. 50 years later, 60 years later. It's an anthem. It's there's some things, there's some songs that are just like an opus. Yeah. That's like one of the songs. Yeah, definitely. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so Tammy and Marvin were considered the royal couple of R&B. Uh, and they would tour together. They would sing together. But unfortunately, this would come to a very abrupt end when Tammy fell ill with a brain tumor oh. in 1970. After her passing, which was very quick... Uh, from her diagnosis he swore he would never partner with another female vocalist again and then he actually at this time teetered on abandoning his career altogether oh wow so were they like a couple couple they were not he was married Mm -hmm. at this time to a lady named anna whose brother is the one that hired him on at motown record okay now marvin's milestone piece called what's going on Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was written during a time of escalating violence and political unrest developing in the 1970s. It was quite mm-hmm. controversial, actually, between Marvin and Motown Records. They, I guess they weren't sure if they wanted to release it, but eventually they did. It was released in 1971 and became an instant hit, reaching the top of the charts in 1972. Shortly after, Marvin actually left Motown Records. He was still, it was weird. He was still kind of signed under them and, and still released some records and stuff under them, but he was technically considered a solo, on a solo artist. But that was so, you know, critical to others like Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson because they kind of followed the same path in yeah. kind of becoming this solo artist, right? Shortly after going solo, he recorded one of the most admired love-making anthem of all time uh-huh. let's get it on yes. 1972 mm-hmm. baby through most of the 1970s marvin was on tour collaborating with other artists and also began to produce some of his own music and producing others music so he, that's where his like producer career path started to grow he still released as i mentioned some albums under motown records one of them 
was named I Want You, released in 1976, and it would spawn another number one hit called Gotta Give It Up in 1977. Here's your crime chat fun fact number two. That song, Marvin's song, Gotta Give It Up, would become a, an extreme point of controversy decades later. Do you know why? No, why? Well, let me tell you. It was proclaimed the popular 2013 song by Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke, Blurred Lines, was a copyright infringement mm -hmm. over the same song of Marvin Gaye's Gotta Give It Up. Did they win? Mm -hmm. I mean, did they go to court? Yes, they went to court. A jewelry, mm -hmm. a jewelry, <laughs> a jewelry, oh my god, jury, a jury ruled in the favor of Marvin Gaye's family, who were then awarded 7.3 million dollars in damages, and then profit shares. So even though I didn't know, that. yeah, I, well, you know, I kind of think I remember something like this kind of being in the news. I mean, it's been what nine years. Mm -hmm. I kind of think I remember something like that, something about that song, other than, of course, Robin Thicke being, like, the song was about crossing the lines and he ended up crossing the lines with his own wife. I know. Yeah. That's I what know. I significantly mm -hmm. remember that, but I remember something else going on about that song. So Robin Thicke actually testified he had very little to do with the writing in the song, and the jury found both Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams didn't commit the infringement intentionally. So they were kind of, like, released from that, but... The family was still awarded the $7.3 million. Uh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, we are going to take a quick break to listen from our sponsors, and then we'll get into the uh, rest of Marvin's career. Now for a word from our sponsor. Today's segment has been sponsored by our friends at Fatal Beauty LLC, a vegan, cruelty-free, eco-friendly, women-owned, and indie-inspired beauty line. They have all kinds of cosmetics and accessories, eyeshadows, lips, lashes, brushes, you name it, they have it. And they are absolutely committed to quality, which should never be a compromise. They are the only place you need to shop for great, fabulous, affordable makeup. And they have a variety of collections to include collabs with the amazing makeup artist Paul Dow. They also have a BFF collection, which is so fitting as this company was started by two besties who want you to feel like a queen. This BFF collection includes amazingly pigmented eyeshadow palettes, lashes, and lipsticks that are just gorgeous. But there's so much more to explore, and there is something literally for everyone. You can shop now at www.shopfatalbeauty.com using our code CRIMECHAT for a 20% off of your entire purchase. That's www.shopfatalbeauty.com to earn your discount today. And we're back. Yes. You ready to continue talking about the legend? Yes. Yeah. Kind of get into it. Yeah. So in 1982, Marvin then, as we mentioned, he went solo, right? But then he signed on with Columbia Records and began working on his last album called Midnight Love, the lead single, Sexual Healing. Oh my God. That's and this actually helped Marvin with a huge comeback. He had a little bit of a gap in his career, and I'll kind of get into that a little bit. But the song helped him win two Grammy Awards and an American Music Award for Favorite Soul Single. Yeah. 
Despite this renowned success, it would not come without its troubles. In fact, Marvin's 1972 song called Trouble Man mirrored his life. One famous line in the song lyrics read, quote, there's only three things that are for sure, taxes, death, and trouble, end quote. This song was Marvin's fourth top 10 hit of the 1970s. I mentioned Marvin was married mm -hmm. to his wife, Anna. Well, in 1976, they divorced. This would lead Marvin to actually file for bankruptcy because he was unable to pay the $600,000 of alimony that he owed her. Wow, that's a lot of money in 1976. Yeah. Oh boy. So instead of paying that, he actually signed over the rights to an, one of his albums entitled Here My Dear. So all the proceeds from the album she would actually get and she agreed to it. Is it a good album? So the songs on this, I don't reckon it really, just by reading them, maybe if I... So one of the songs actually under this Here My Dear uh -huh. album was titled Here My Dear. There was another song titled Anna's uh -huh. Song. Another one called Falling In Love Again. When Did You Stop Loving Me? Uh, Everybody Needs Love. So it, it, and what I understand about Marvin is a lot of his emotions went into his yeah. songwriting. Yeah. What he was going through uh -huh. at that time. So I think maybe between the divorce, being marriage being uh -huh. over, and that album was probably written for Anna he was just like you know what you can have the rights to it I don't want it <laughs> but shortly after that he married his second wife Janice and they had two children a daughter Nona and a uh -huh. son Frankie I'm assuming that was named after his brother Marvin also had an adopted son Marvin Penske the third from his marriage with Anna so in his first marriage he adopted her son which is different than like what his yes. father did mother already had a son and his father sent mm. him away. So Marvin already was like, you know what? No, you're going to be my son. And I'm going to name you. Here, stick it to you, dad. I'm going to name you the third. Wow. Yeah. So then second marriage, he had a son and a daughter. And then Marvin and Janice would later divorce in 1981. Now, we've got ensuing relationship issues, financial issues. In 1981, Marvin moved to Europe to avoid issues with the IRS. Oh. He was like on his own like tax evasion exile. <laughs> he just lived out of the country for about three years. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, but he did continue to record, which is probably why like a lot of people didn't know uh -huh. any different is because he still continued to record and perform and that kind of thing. While this was no sure fix to his situation, more problems would continue to develop such as drug addiction. There was an author, David Ritz. He actually wrote a biography uh -huh. on Marvin Gaye and then he also he wrote an article for Ebony Magazine in 1985. And it, it, he's a great, great writer, like a great uh -huh. journalist. Reading his story was you felt like you were there. It was it was very interesting. And, and he, I'm gonna tell a lot of what he said in this article just to kind of paint some of that picture of what happened during the last few years of Marvin's life. So in the last two years, the drug use, paranoia, and depression actually started to build. While he was on tour in 1983, he began to feel as if he was being followed. There were alleged death threats, but apparently a lot of popular artists get death mm -hmm. threats a lot. While law enforcement didn't necessarily, um, not, I mean, they took it seriously. They weren't able to find any authentication to it, right? He still felt like he was being stalked. He still felt like somebody was out to kill him. And he actually told his aides, his musicians, and anybody else that would actually listen mm. to him that he would be, quote, shot to death with a pistol, end quote. He like basically told people he foresaw his Oh my death. god. Okay. Yeah. So as the tour continued, both his cocaine use and his paranoia would increase. Marvin asked his limo driver all the time based on where they were going at the hotels, like you 
you need to go and drive around the hotel because he wanted to basically, quote, throw off his assassin's timing, thinking that somebody was going to be there to kill him. He wore bulletproof vests. He put bodyguards on stage with him during his performances. Now, with all of this kind of eccentric activities, like people began to notice and attendance in his concerts began to drop. But to gain attention... He made one more last-ditch effort, effort, and that included dropping his pants on stage. <laughs> Did he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Now, after, well, kind of during this tour, uh, it would actually be his last tour, he was hospitalized for exhaustion. Oh. Anna, Marvin's first wife, they actually, both, he kind of rekindled his relationship with both of his ex-wives, but Anna, I think he was a lot mm-hmm. closer to. She said once that tour was over, she had never seen Marvin in such bad shape, like emotionally, physically, just health-wise. Yeah. And she tried to push him to go to an inpatient facility for treatment, but she said Marvin was just too stubborn. And in the end, paranoia took over, and Marvin went to the only place that he felt secure. He oh. went home. At a very, very low point in his life, Marvin moved in with his parents, Gay Sr. in Alberta, right after his last tour. He faced issues with depression, debt, cocaine addiction. Marvin just overall was not in good shape physically, mentally, financially, and moving in with his parents did not help the situation, Mm-mm. although he thought it would. This would be evident after the years and years and years of contention that he had with his father. They began violent fights, conflict began to ensue just in that short time that he was living at home. Alberta said she would encourage her son to, like, throw the drugs down the toilet. Like, son, you don't need it. She tried. And she tried to, like, continuously, like, give him hope and try to pick him up. I know. It's like the... But he needed help. Like, he needed real, real help. help, Not somebody just preaching. Ah, throw throw, throw the drugs down the toilet. A drug addict, that's like air. Like, (laughs) you just... Well... He would say, Mother, this is the last yeah. time. I promise. This is the last time. And his mom said he just didn't have the willpower yeah. to do it. And she understood that. But she, I mean, as a mom, you yeah. just try, you know. So in this article from Ebony, Ritz wrote, quote, With Marvin high on coke, his father just a few steps down the hallway, drunk on mm. vodka, the atmosphere was poisoned by chemicals, memories, and mutual antagonism, end quote. I loved that description Mm -hmm. i mean as much as you can love the situation but how he described that situation was so realistic like you could see it i didn't know know. so the father was an alcoholic he was an alcoholic (sighs) as well yep his mother would say that marvin was just turning into a monster demanding cocaine demanding pornography he locked himself in his room for days he was afraid to leave his room and blamed the debilitating paranoia because he was sitting there waiting for his killer who trapped him like an animal i okay there, there's a lot about, first of all, I, I feel like Marvin could have been treated mm-hmm. concerning his addiction in a way that he needs. But I also, in the same respect, I know this household. I've worked with people in this household, and I know that the, that mother is living with her own demon. For her sure. to give advice to a drug addict, her her drug, I mean, at this point, is her husband. Yes. So I, I just don't, I don't think, I, I understand, like, the mother's love. But, I mean, there are good mothers and there are bad mothers. It doesn't mean that you love your kids any more or less. But it, when it comes to the, this type of scenario, I'm sure she's had people say, why are you still with that monster? Concerning her husband. So for her to call well, her son and- a monster is a little, yes, mm, no. And this was the 80s. Mm. They had been married for... Nobody got divorced. Don't get divorced. No, they, got, they were married for 40 
50 years at this point. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it was alleged days before Marvin's death, arguments began to ensue in the gay household. Gay senior in Alberta allegedly argued over a misplaced insurance policy letter. Marvin was reportedly angered at the arguments, and this could be heard from his bedroom upstairs. And he would yell down at his father, you know, to leave his mom alone. The fact just that his father yelling triggered Marvin. Yeah. In so many different ways. Mm -hmm. In the afternoon of his death, Gay Sr. was shouting upstairs towards, like, the bedroom to Alberta. Marvin was dressed in a bathrobe and yelled back downstairs to his father saying, if you got something to say, come and say it to me. Like, come and say it in person. Yeah. Alberta reportedly was in Marvin's bedroom trying to calm him down. Give him hope, you know, mom thing, like, calm down, it'll be fine, we'll be okay. Some reports say that he, that Marvin was breaking up a physical altercation between his parents. And other reports that I saw said that he was, it was just a fight between Marvin and his father. Regardless, it was a very hostile situation. Yeah. Marvin told his father, basically, you better not come to my room. Gay Sr. wasn't going to go. He said, I'm not going to come up there. But then, I guess, changed his mind and charged up the stairs. Yeah. To continue to yell at, at Alberta, who was in Marvin's room. Marvin then jumped out of his bed. He began to shove, kick, and punch his father to get out of his room. Mm. Alberta said, quote, Marvin hit him. I shouted for him to stop, but he paid no attention to me. He gave my husband some hard lick, end quote. After this, Gay Sr. left Marvin's room, but then shortly returned with a 38 revolver Marvin had given him at one point as a gift. He shot Marvin reportedly directly into the heart. Alberta then said, quote, I was standing about eight feet away from Marvin when my husband came to the door of the bedroom with his pistol. My husband didn't say anything. He just pointed the gun at Marvin. I screamed, but it was very quick. He, my husband, shot and Marvin screamed. I tried to run. Marvin slid down to the floor after the first shot, end quote. She then reportedly like ran out of the room and yelling at her husband, like, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. And then he yelled back, I'm not going to shoot you. So (laughs) he was pronounced dead. Uh, Marvin was pronounced dead less than an hour upon arrival to the hospital. Marvin's brother, Frankie, who allegedly like lived like right next door, had come over once he heard the gunshot. Mm -hmm. He was holding Marvin during his final moments in life. And Frankie reported Marvin's last statement was, quote, I got what I wanted. I couldn't do it myself, so I made him do it, end quote. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my God. You just broke my heart. I know. I You just actually, broke my heart. I feel like I was going to cry when I said that. <laughs> Whoa. So he was, oh, my God. And a, oh, and my. About four or five days before this, also, his oh the sister Jean, the older sister, said that Marvin jumped out of a moving car in an attempt to kill himself. Oh. So this news was so shocking when it came out. Um, unfortunate timing of being on April Fool's Day. Marvin's close friend Smokey Robinson thought it was a joke when he heard it on the radio station. Oh my god. Gay Sr. said he didn't mean to do it and he pled no contest to voluntary manslaughter. Gay Sr. was sentenced to a six-year suspended sentence and five years probation. That's it. That's it. That's it. He, oh, no. he supposedly was very tearful when he told the court, quote, If I could bring him back, I would. I was afraid of him. I thought I was going to get hurt. I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm really sorry for everything that happened. I loved him. I wish he could step through this door right now. I'm paying the price now. End quote. Oh, screw you. Okay. Because you know what? (laughs) You ran up the stairs with that gun. You, You heard the screaming, went, got your gun, and went up those stairs. And shot your son. Yep. So the sister also oh. reported, so the sister Jean, she also allegedly had said, basically, Marvin won in the end. 
He got what he wanted, which was a, a passing. He wanted to go. He also put it in one way, shape, or form, put that, that pressure on his father and that guilt on his father that his father has to deal with for the rest of his life. And also the, the mother was free then after this from the father. How was the mother free? I think they probably separated. I'm not 100% sure. I wasn't able I, to find anything else on that. But basically, he got, Marvin won in the end is what the sister was saying. He got what he wanted for he his mother's sake. his safe, father to pay. His father to pay, and he wanted his yeah. own peace. Yeah. I think his father has been paying for a very long time. Sure. I think if, you, if he was... Uh, a pastor at a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. and which they are strict. Mm-hmm. And he was a he had his own demons, or not really demons, but he had. He he said he was a possible cross dress dresser. Yeah, he was a cross dresser. He was an alcoholic. I I think if Marvin yeah wanted to end it and didn't want to kind of do it himself, he kicked the bear. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was it. He, yeah. The, the, and, the and sleeping bear was his father. He knew he knew, he knew how to do it. Yeah, and his father know? probably had more demons than him. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my God, you're breaking my heart right now. <laughs> you're breaking it. Health issues <laughs> would force Gay Senior to move into a nursing home eventually, uh, and then mm-hmm. he died of pneumonia October 10th, 1998, nine days after his 84th birthday. So I wonder, I I don't like. What do you think the um, Pentecostal community did after this? Because Marvin I didn't, Gaye I didn't look is, into that. Yeah, but like think about it. he's such a he's such an amazing influence in our culture, mm-hmm. but like I can see him where back in the 70s where he wasn't, he may have been like too risqué yeah. to be accepted. Oh, he was so. on the edge of that. Yeah, totally. Oh wow. Totally. Mm-hmm. I I'm not I don't know. I didn't I didn't look that up. Oh well. <laughs> if there's any Pentecostals out there, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so Marvin was initially laid to rest at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Los Angeles. Uh He was later then cremated with his ashes spread around the Pacific Ocean. And his death has inspired many, many musical tributes over the years. And he left more than music in our souls. But he also left us with hope that we don't often feel. And some of his most famous quotes include the following. Quote, war is not the answer because only love can conquer hate. End quote. Uh Quote, if you cannot find peace within yourself, you will never find it anywhere else, end quote. And then the last one, quote, I record so I can feed people what they need, what they feel. Hopefully I record so that I can help someone overcome a bad time, end quote. And those were all from Marvin Gaye. You're breaking my heart right now. That is I feel my like I'm cry. April Fool's crime chat, which oh is really no God. joke. This is no joke. It was a heavy, heavy story. It was. And, and it's somebody that we know. Like, we all... We were around for him. No. Like, we know him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. But because I, like, I hate leaving it so heavy, um, mm. I, I have a couple of jokes that I want to tell. Okay, well. <laughs> I want to lighten the mood oh just yes. a little bit. Can you please? Could you? Oh can you please? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> left me in a very dark place. All I'm going to do tonight is listen to Marvin Gaye. Right? And just cry my eyes out. Oh, my, oh my gosh. My. Go ahead. Make me laugh, so girl. I, so, in our group chat, I did say one earlier this week that I, I kind of stole from our gals over at Wine and Crime. I love uh-huh. Lucy's little intro into, like, because they, they did a podcast on comedy crimes. Okay. And so Lucy's not psyched background, <laughs> shaking the bones, uh-huh. she told a joke that was, <laughs> and I told it actually it worked too, just because I love dad jokes, but dad jokes. what do you call a line of rabbits hopping backwards? A receding hairline. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. 
That's great. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta remember that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Which bear is the most condescending? I don't know what. A panda. <laughs> Oh, this is really cute. You could tell your kids this. Okay, go ahead. Okay, what do you call a pudgy psychic? I don't know what. A fortune teller. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that's good. You're good at this. We need like we need a drum roll, like a dinner after. Go ahead. <laughs> what did the police officer say to his belly button? What? You're under a vest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 All right, one more. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> what kind of drink can be bitter and sweet? What? Reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> I I had I couldn't leave it so heavy. I wanted to to leave this crime chat with you know a little bit of a little bit of warmth. Yeah. Leading up into April Fool's Day. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Marvin Gaye. Yes, yes. You'll always be remembered. You're a legend. Yeah. I mean, I think everything he's ever done, when you listen to one of his songs, you immediately feel like this overwhelming sense of love. And I think that's like one of what is that anthem that um, let's get it on. Yeah. The love making ultimate anthem. Yeah. Think about it. When you're with your significant other, that song comes on, you get this overwhelming sense of just affection and he he really yeah. is a uh, yeah um, right, I mean, I tell it to my husband you want to get it on <laughs> <laughs> and i wouldn't have done that without marvin Gaye. So. <laughs> exactly i mean seriously you know it's right. like you know what yeah. there are some songs out there that just that just kind of like bring something out in you like marvin Gaye will bring out your lover oh yeah def leopard pour some sugar on me brings out my stripper like <laughs> you know oh, i well I think that's she's my cherry pie. <laughs> she's my cherry pie. <laughs> there are some songs you know things are gonna go down on the bar. Oh, yeah. Things are gonna happen. Oh yeah. Oh my lord. But that was good. That was that was uh Kat is uh that was her opening debut of her comic relief. Thank you very much. That was funny. Oh you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And of my my singing in abilities. <laughs> oh, we know you're a good singer. We already know you're a good singer. In fact, you should write a song for Crime Chat. Okay, here's a Crime Chat confession. Okay. I've been writing songs since I was 13. <gasps> Are you kidding me? Yep. No. Yeah. What the hell? Not very many people know that, but apparently everybody does now. Okay, now that we know <laughs> that, we need we need a Crime Chat song. We need it. Okay. We we need a jingle. We need a jingle. Like a like we need a, a jingle. Like a two minute jingle, not a full song. Okay. All right. Let us know what you want in it, chatters. All right. What gonna, do you want in the jingle? We're gonna put some pressure on Cat. We need a jingle, Cat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and we need you to sing it live. <laughs> oh, how about how about if we debut it on our live show? Let's do it. Okay. No, All right. Not to add pressure. No, that's fine. Okay. It's it's fine. Everything's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> that that was really good. Thank you for that. I think that was a yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there I didn't know. Same. And Same. I, I, and there was so much more like I feel like it was it was deep. It was heavy. Mm-hmm. It was involved. Yeah. But I really didn't want to necessarily lose the sight on what a phenomenal musician yeah. and artist that Marvin Gaye was. Yes. Yes. Amen. Oh my God! I think Sorry. people around him could have done better to help him. Absolutely. Yeah. So treat your people good. Ah. And if you need, guys, if you need help, yeah. if you see signs mm-hmm. on somebody who's just struggling, mm-hmm. there are resources out there, and we can actually list some in this podcast. Yes. Yes, we will do that. Absolutely. 
You're not alone. And because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters, there's going to be more about this episode on After That Crime Chat. So don't forget to follow us on Crime Chat with Nat and Kat on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and hello, TikTok. Stop, don't stop. <laughs> yes, Crime Chat with Nat and Kat. Become a Patreon member, subscriber, become that VIP subscriber. Uh-huh. We want you to be a VIP chatter. You get some free merch. You'll get some behind the scenes. Yes. You'll get some bloops, some bloopies. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, there's so much stuff. You guys will have the free access to us in our live show. Yes. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. So be sure to check the next episode out on another segment of, is it Sinful Spirit? Sin- it's Sinfully. It's sinfully. sinfully so. I, you know what? It's not only Sinful but it's twisted. It's a twisted tale, but you're going to have to check in for that because that's going to be good. Heck yeah. Can't wait. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you on the next Crime Chat. Bye, chatters. Bye.